Hello friends, welcome to the 8th house of astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore, through the lens of the tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. everyone welcome to the magician the magician so i did want to start out by catching us up there were some things from last episode the full episode that i feel like were neglected or left out or unexplained and i just want to touch on a couple of those things um a lot of it thanks to the feedback of our listeners um, and supporters so the full is I may have said it, but I can't remember, but it was associated with Aquarius and it's a fixed sign and Aquarius is known as the non-conventionalist, the free spirit. And I just want to speak to the fact that, that these are a sequence. The tarot is the fool's journey. So when we journey along the, the next archetype that, that the fool meets is going to be the magician and it's interesting to note as with every transition of cards there are qualities of the fool archetype that when it encounters the qualities of the magician archetype we can compare and contrast some of the ways that those archetypes are the same and different and how they morph and adapt into that new energy so I just wanted to touch on those things. And then lastly, to catch up, whenever I mention the traditional card, I'm referring to the Rider Waite Snook mm-hmm. deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so without further ado, let's go for the magician. Okay, so the magician. When I think of the magician, and of course I reference most of my understanding of the cards through the deck I spent the most time with, which is the Medicine Woman Tarot, and she names this card Resources. And it's kind of like this picture of a woman in the center of the entire medicine wheel with all of the aspects of the wheel at her disposal for uh, creating and manifesting. So I think of it as this knowing that somewhere within our reach and our awareness and toolkit of, I don't know, uh, a consciousness, we have, we have all we need um, to make the next step in our journey. And that's really as far as my understanding of the magician goes. So tell me more. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, I have a ton of notes, so it might it might seem very um, heady, but I I had I I wrote it all down because I didn't want to forget any of these thoughts, and so thank you because I think um, yes, I'm already looking at some of the stuff I meant to mention, and um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and look at it, uh, make sure that I'm checking up. Why don't you share while I'm doing that, Sarah? Share um. What you were saying about your experience. 
oh yeah, it didn't even register that it was magician related, but I was watching South Park, which of course just (laughs) (laughs) is an inspiration in itself. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But but it was the episode on Imagination Land, and um, I just sometimes I'll get I guess what I just call like these like. Uh, acute insights where like I'll just kind of like my attention will just dart off and start just daydreaming of these words and and poems and I'll and I'll just start writing them down because I have this dream of you know being a writer one day and so I'm here like watching South Park I paused it and, <laughs> you gotta pause and for those flashes totally. of insight exactly and I'm writing it down in my phone and it's all about this idea of the fact that we have the ability to be sovereign beings at the same time as part of the whole, the one mind of being, gives us so much more power in creating through our individual beliefs and how important it is to really understand our ability to be sovereign creators and how much power there that lies within that and how many things are being created today and I'm not talking great things I'm talking not not great things because people are not aware of how important they are in the process of creating the reality of this earth what do you mean by sovereign being like sole ruler of my reality that's what I think of it as. I am the sole ruler of my reality, but I can claim that space because I know I am one part of the whole. You know, it's like there's this huge um, level of respect that, that comes with, with claiming yourself as a sovereign being because I oh. feel like you can't really do that unless you respect the fact that you are part of the whole and parts of you, meaning parts of the whole, aren't going to always be in alignment with your beliefs. But it's trusting that your beliefs are an important truth enough to follow through with creating from those beliefs. Yeah, I was going to ask you how that tied into beliefs, because I know that is yeah. a huge... Be- yeah, I mean, I feel like... That's very important to you and your personal philosophy. Oh, and yeah, I don't think manifestation... I think I think manifestation is a direct result of belief. I think when we choose to believe in something, we create from that belief, whether we whether we like it or not, whether we know about it or not. And that's why so many things suck in the world right now. Yeah, no, that's One really interesting because anyway. I think that um, with you mentioning that, it makes me think of what I've been called um, a true artist because Mm -hmm. I, I create for myself. I create based on what I believe in, what the knowing, the thing I want to portray, the message I want to deliver to who Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I just know that it matters, like you said, and I'm putting it out there. And, um, I think that I believe it was my mom who said that because she's so talented at Mm. recreating and like 
looking at something or even tracing something, doing these incredible murals, um, cards. She's done all sorts of things and she doesn't consider herself an artist because she's like, hmm. I just copy it. I just trace the lines, you know, she's like, and the other part of that is wanting the feedback from others, needing approval. And mm -hmm. she always called me a true artist because that did not matter one ounce to me. Mm -hmm. um, and that, so that's I, interesting. Yeah, I know I a lot like of artists have the, the sort of subtext of their work where it does really matter and they are really attached to approval from others. And so... I think it's a spectrum, you know, of understanding yeah. and, and of awareness. But I also think that the sharing part is also important hmm. as being an artist. I don't know, because if you are an artist and you're only allowing yourself to see your art and not sharing it with the world to understand and to ponder and to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Yourself. Well, think about if you and I never shared th these parts of ourselves mm -hmm. when we met, you know, just happenstance. Lee, that's not a word, but it is now, you know, however long ago that was 12, 15 years ago. I don't, I don't even know. Um, because we are, I don't know, drawn to share at least to some extent, a part of ourselves. We were in, we were just connected in a way that we wouldn't have been if we hadn't decided to share something. I don't remember what it was, but, um, yeah, it's so interesting. Cause sometimes there's a mutual friend who ends up in the scheme of things serving little purpose in our lives and then it leads you to this whoa yeah. moment yeah. <laughs> like light bulb yeah. so <laughs> and as we will cover in today's episode I just I think that it has to do with the flash of mm -hmm. insight with light I think magician and light go hand in hand oh, interesting and so the whole conversation on the spark light flash of light insight. bulb yes. flash exactly and i was like oh my gosh you know people in the days of old with epilepsy when they didn't understand it they were touched by spirit they thought mm -hmm. you know when they would get seized and th there's just this sort of magical component with being afflicted it's really strange so I'm trying to think about like the ways that we can dilute that like almost having superpowers that are uncontrolled so I'm thinking of ways to learn to harness what's happening to people who might have these extra sensitivities and to similarly to the artist idea we just talked about if we put them forth, maybe they won't be such a burden to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they are meant to be shared mm -hmm. and the burden spread among many instead of just overwhelming yes. ourselves. Maybe that's part of what the magician Oh my does. gosh, I love that. You just brought up the word <laughs> burden because that make, you're lot. right, that makes sense. And it's a lot like um, Tonglen is a... Um, a process of um, well it's 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 a practice and it's centered around this idea that you're receiving the energy of all the people 
experiencing the challenges that you're experiencing right now and then you're exhaling out wishes of peace Mm -hmm. and comfort to all those experiencing so it's like you're sharing you're saying oh I'm not the only one feeling this in this moment there's actually thousands hundreds of thousands of people experiencing this same thing right now this either it's loneliness or maybe it's pain in my neck or whatever it is someone else is experiencing it Mm -hmm. so sending it sending out just hope that and the same goes for mm-hmm, art mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. ideas. But and... yeah, that's so great. Um, I just have to say this because it's making me think of it. But one of the few times I've met um, a, what I think might be a spirit guide in my dreams. Um, so I was talking to a, a psychic one time and she was like, you know, your guide says just to call a mat. Just don't think about it. Just call a mat. And I was like, OK. So in my dreams, I started seeing all of these representations of Matt from over my life. I've, I've known a few people named Matt, um, and they would just... It sounds like magician. Oh, interesting. But they would start to come in my dreams, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. I, I know, you know. And so one time I decided to walk up to one of these mats in my dream. I said, hey, how are you? I haven't seen you in so long. And I said, isn't this so great that we can meet in our dreams? And then this person looked at me, and he said... And also, it means we can share each other's burdens and not, and oh. I was like, what? And then when I looked at him, I was like, that was so, um, that was so wise. And then like I woke up and I realized, oh my gosh, that was my guide, Matt, coming through as a person I know is Matt so that I would go up to him in my dream so that he could give me this piece of of insight I know I just had to share that because that was the message she said and you know to share burdens with like that's one of the reasons we have guides is so that we don't have to feel like or friends or family is because we don't have to feel like we're we're burdening things all by ourselves or our ancestors or anyone that we Mm -hmm. you know ask invite to join in guiding Mm -hmm. our lives Mm -hmm. yeah couple notes on that um that I didn't even think about speaking on today was um yeah the name thing um I just got a flash of my brother-in-law when uh, my little niece was born almost three years ago she's on the cusp of Pisces Aries so um she came a little early at the end of like right around the spring solstice I mean equinox vernal equinox um, she came up, I didn't even know my, my sister was in labor, but I did a reading that day. She, I, I just knew who was who. She was the high priestess. My sister was the queen of cups and dad, my brother-in-law was, came up as the magician. Mm-hmm. Now his name is Matt. Uh, how fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I also wanted to mention my dog, Mazzy. Um, who Sarah, you know about very well. She, um, she gets all the songs that have the word magic in them sung to her because I can say like the car song, uh, oh, it's Mazzy (laughs) (laughs) or any such song. So I just thought it was the cool name thing. And then other thing was in looking at this tarot that I'm, going to read a, a passage from the Falarcos Tarot. I had it out today and Rooster Owl picked, pecked some cards. He pecks them, not picks them. 
sometimes turns them all the way over. But I got, um, I posted it. I, I can read it because I did a strangely, a very succinct reading. And so it's very short, but it, <laughs> it ties in exactly. I got the, or he got, he pulled the um, 10 of sparks, which is wands in her deck, fire. And it has a rooster in it. Um, and the empress, who I always identify with. And it's about um, nurturing, gestating, nurturing, and birthing something. It doesn't have to be a child, but it's associated with motherhood and creativity, fertility of ideas and whatnot. So I said today's message, don't let your boundless creative pursuits burn you out. Temper your talents, pace yourself. Mm -hmm. And the Ten of Wands is also, also often associated with burdens. So that's why I said mm -hmm. it like that. And it's like, it's just kind of wild. Interesting. That <laughs> I had that little reading for yeah. today. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. Well, okay. So again, back to the magician. So you may find this weird, but this is the kind of stuff I text myself. And I said, shout outs to Blue Jays, electricity, technology, hairstylists, my split ends, thank you, um, inventors, fixers, uh, anyone who creates, modifies, or fixes anything as the mother, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. I think of inventors as definitely magians. And so what this ties to is your idea of um, yep, resources. Yeah, I was just going to say that. That was the, yeah, I w I'm going to save that. Um, I'm going to save that and come back mm -hmm. to that because I think that's really important because I have a whole new way that I've just like hit me with a flash of insight that I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, so I want to come back to that. But first off, the magician... The classic magician stands there, um, usually a masculine energy, yang, solar, ruled by mercury. Um, he stands there and he seems to have everything in front of him. He has one of the symbols of every suit of the tarot. He has a wand. He has a cup. He has... Um, a sword and a pentacle and they're all on the table right before him and he seems to be doing a disco move where it's like he is so as above so below and he's sort of a conduit between worlds mm. um, so he's able to take that energy and put it mm. forth it makes me think of even energy workers anything that can manipulate the energy um and so i wanted to talk about too just oh by the way blue jays they are like they can throw their voices they can they can do anything with their voices they can do i just i feed birds i love birds and they are my favorite other than rooster <laughs> owl but he is they are just oh my gosh there was one yesterday it was just um, 
completely had all the hawk sounds down. Wow. I mean, I was like just talking to him going, wow, I've never heard you do that one. That is amazing. You're so good. And he just kept doing different ones. I didn't ones know that like they... Doing this. Like when they do, when the hawk does yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't weird... realize blue jays. Um, is that what you said? Blue jays. Um, yeah. Impersonated other birds. They're a cor. They're a corvid, so they're part of the crow oh. family. Um, yeah, they're amazing, and they're like that's why I said there's never been a deck that has one represented that I know of as the magician, and I, I want to change that. <laughs> I love that. Would now be maybe an appropriate time for me to just read a little paragraph from the Medicine Woman Tarot, um, yeah, just because it's ahead. really related yeah, to. Yeah, and then maybe I'll find where I want. Okay, to, you. Yeah. It's just very much related to what you just said um so this is coming from carol bridges um guidebook from her medicine woman tarot and um she says the card speaks i am the medicine woman the medicine man through my choice of actions i bring life to my people creator who lives within me has given me stewardship of that which i see before me my tools are the stones or pentacles, the earth substance of which all things are made, the pipes or wands, symbol of all channels of creative energy, including the body in which I dwell, the arrows or swords, showing me the power of clear, one-pointed mind, and the bowls or cups, allowing me to offer my love and receive the blessings of those who come to share their gifts with me. And I just love that. Like, I didn't realize until I read that that the resources talked about are those, are, are all of those mentioned in the duration of mm, the tarot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's the, that's the tarot, and it's been interpreted in mm-hmm, so many different mm-hmm. ways, um, which is awesome. Um, but then I want to just, I want to get to the actual archetype of a magician it just and then we'll we'll go on I have so many things to share so I'm trying to get through it but I think that for me as a kid growing up in the 80s I don't know maybe others can relate to this maybe it's a timeless thing because I know my son in the early to mid 2000s and 2010-ish and all that, teens, um, he too was fascinated by magic mm-hmm. tricks. I, I was too. Card yeah. tricks. And yeah, and I think to me, it's like just watching the hands and the sleight of hand and the, um, I realized I had a long fascination from since like some of my first memories with magic and the magicians and magic tricks. And um, I think as far as like spiritual and occult matters, I think that that's the, my theory is that that might be the first thing that like the fool, he encounters magic and goes, whoa, I want to do that. Oh, interesting. And that it resonates and it's like, because if you think of ourselves as the fool and life is the fool's journey not only are you saying I am and I have control of my destiny 
you're going, I want to make mm-hmm. magic. Yes. I want to make things happen. That's what you know? it is. It's fascinating. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so, like to think that thinking yeah. like when, once you realize that magic just might be possible, um, mm-hmm. you know, before you, it opens yeah. your mind or like your mind is already there when right. you're a kid. That's true too. Oh, but that's interesting. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. So let's keep that. <laughs> let's keep that in ourselves or remember mm-hmm. that it's there and that, and hold on to that fascination because I think that's important. But yeah, for me it was, um, and this ties into another thing I, that, okay. Okay. Let me not get ahead of myself, but when I was very young, my dad had a dark room in the basement and uh, I later got into photography. I think photography in particular with its use of light to manipulate and create images, um, that was another epiphany I had when I spoke to Carmen. She said, I'm the you know, queen of sparks or light. Um, I said, oh my gosh, I'm a photographer. I grew up with it. I used to do it. I did it in high school in an actual photo lab with actual analog film, darkroom, um, light exposure, all that stuff. And it's very much um, uh, a magician mm-hmm. skill, I think, a magician um, art and so I, I think that's really cool that that ties in. Um, so I want to go on just so I jog my memory and just sort of, I listed several things that the magician is associated with. So I'll go through the list. Hermes, the psychopomp, Thoth, Mercury, Gemini, my sign, shapeshifter, which brings me to octopi, octopuses. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen the octopuses. The uh, what is it called? My the, octopus teacher. My. Yes, <laughs> yes, but I've always been fascinated with octopus, cuttlefish. They are truly of the animal kingdom, the shapeshifters, mm-hmm. and can do anything like change into mm-hmm. things. It's incredible. Um, talk about magic tricks, tricksters. Um, there's a lot in folklore, like the coyote, um, as above, so below conception, artist, performer, sleight of hand, illusion, manifesting, conjuring resources. Um, and I think it's interesting that people, we often dislike, mistrust are sneaky, a lot of the things we might call a, a coyote or mm-hmm. a trickster figure, what are they? They're resourceful. Mm-hmm. I put those two together. I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that, so, so speaking of resources, I was like, yeah, yeah, have everything you need in front of them. We have everything we need, our, the tools at hand, if we just realize it, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought about it for my own life, and I was like, holy crap. I did that when I was like a struggling single mom. Okay, you don't have anything in the fridge. What what are you going to make? And you use what you have Mm -hmm. and you make something with it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's resources. That's being a magician. 
so it's not about having things it's about having the resourcefulness to figure out that what you have is enough and that you can use it to create wow. magic like, <laughs> that is pretty amazing yeah i was like that was my I epiphany love it. yeah, it's so a great like, one. Oh my god and um, one that i could use to hear working you know um yeah exactly um, often once i like really thought about it i was like oh my god i think i am a magician <laughs> like because i'm really i i don't really consider myself creative like coming up with something out of nowhere mm -hmm. but i use what i have i excel at using mm -hmm. what i have and that really just made me go whoa okay so i thought about it in a whole new <laughs> awesome. way um yeah because it's usually that we have nothing and so what are we mm -hmm. going to do with that mm -hmm. um so the phrase working your magic could be said of that's why i mentioned the hairstylists um uh let's see it's all the resources the suit symbolize the elements mm. so it's like we have fire water air and earth around us all the time so when we're a part of that and we always have that so if everything else fails the elements are always mm -hmm. there conduit medium readers of all kinds photography light um sending out a signal or message just as uh mercury the messenger does um all kinds of artists and performers particularly actors they um create illusion they they cause the suspension of what do they call it the suspend your disbelief is what they say suspension of mm. disbelief while you're watching a mm -hmm. film and acting or and then what do they call it the magic of cinema mm -hmm. the curtains and then i thought of um healers energy workers surgeons mm -hmm. even anyone who's like getting in there manipulating things and that's where my dr frankenstein came up um and then i liked the thought it was weird i'm a kiss fan the 70s band we saw them my husband and i saw them i think it was 2014. it was a very magical way that this happened i was basically given tickets wouldn't have gone otherwise and it was probably the most amazing show i've wow. ever seen and we my husband and i decided that Part of their magic is that they're timeless because they they put on an illusion they have timeless masks and it, it you know with the makeup and it's like they created their personas they um, the the mask thing is really mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. to me and that's something back to the fool if we talk about neurodivergent individuals um, are said to mask mm -hmm. their own mm -hmm. ways of behaving and it can be very exhausting mm -hmm. but perhaps they could take it as a way of um, controlling again and learning from the magician that hey this is just a persona a mask I put on and if I can control it 
and it empowers me, then it doesn't have to be exhausting. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, yeah. yeah, just if you if it's intentional. Yeah, but it's and it's also a reason to not be so quick to judge people who you um, have have an idea mm -hmm. might be might not be showing their true self. Maybe they have you know, perfectly mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. reasons for it. It's not really for us yeah. to decide. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Like, uh, self, what are they, a self-made man creating yourself, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like when I was a kid, um, and I identify as neurodivergent, <laughs> I, um, I made up characters. I was different people. And, mm -hmm. um, you hear owl in the background. Yes. <laughs> um, so on this topic of manifesting, I it's something that I'm super interested in. I've been trying to read about. I, I, I tend to understand it as just a natural um, outcome of being a living thing on Earth that has the capability of being aware of ourselves and the things we say and the things we do. And um, I, I, I guess when I think of manifestation, I just think of it as being a, a natural result of being a human. I mean, and not just saying that only humans can manifest, but I do believe i mean maybe octopus are up there with us but like you know we do have a fairly evolved you know system that we're working with we have a brain we have consciousness you know like there's still octopuses have brains in every oh, ten of wow them, that's amazing that and they have numerous well no not only their eight tentacles but the um Mm -hmm. The suction cup things on their tentacles, I believe, have a brain That's in amazing. every single one. But, you know, it's like, amazing. we're we're still, we still don't understand what consciousness is, where it comes from. Like, we know that we have it. Um, and, you know, and... Mm -hmm. Is it in the mind? Is right. it outside? I tend... It's like, yeah, it's wild when people die and you're like, yeah, I've done some yeah. studying on that in my program. That was I mean, really I, I come from the school of belief, at least right now, that consciousness just is and it's flowing within everything and whatever it flows within depending on the complexity of what it's flowing through gives that thing that it's flowing through different uh abilities i guess you know like if consciousness flows through a blade of grass it might be able to communicate with the grass next to it to say, hey, give me some of your water. But if oh, consciousness yeah. flows through a human being with a brain and metacognition and awareness, like we're, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to be able, cords, exactly. Tongues. We're going to be able to use that consciousness for other things. So like, I, I think it's just, that's why I'm saying like when it comes to manifestation, I think it's just a natural result of being a human body uh, like yeah, a byproduct, byproduct of being yeah. a human being with consciousness flowing through it you know so yeah you're making me think of the little a meme i just came across um i saw it in my facebook memories i shared it some time ago um and it reminds me of well i'll back up the 
when I was reading about my husband that is now my husband, um, when we first started talking, which was online and long distance, uh, we, he had a book about astrological signs, um, by Linda Goodman. I think it's sun. I, I can't remember, but she has a couple of them, but it talks about, uh, the male and female aspects and qualities of every mm -hmm. sign and he's Capricorn and it, <laughs> it said a, the Capricorn man can hear the gap, the grass grow. And then he's since become a private investigator and I'm like, he can like, he is that in touch with nature and his surroundings and, um, he can read everything. And I'm just so impressed by that. Uh, I'm so in my head um, that that is just really a cool mm -hmm. way of being. That's so <laughs> to cool. Me. It kind of makes me think um, of how the more masculine energies working on the in the world right now, mm, yeah, earthy. may may yeah. utilize their skills for intuition in these more. I don't mm. know, maybe more. Yeah, it's a different type mm -hmm, of intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's it's great. Um, but yeah, I saw a meme. I saw a meme that said. Tiny grass. It's like, be careful. Don't step on grass. Tiny grass is dreaming. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it was Japanese. So I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so uh, back to manifestation, I wanted to give like an example. The only time I, I like, I love how you explained it as an everyday byproduct of being human. Um, I also, when I was jotting down notes, I recall the time when I had a crush back in middle school, or we called it junior high school, and um, I always liked the bad boys living on the street, um, sort of behind my middle school, and I would walk, I walked to school, and so I hung out a lot there, I made a lot of it stops on the way home, on the way to school, skipping school. Anyway, um, there was one fella who um, I just, oh my gosh, it was a magical connection. And I would literally be walking home from school. And this was way before cell phones. There was a phone booth that sometimes people would use. And it was always in the phone booth, mm -hmm. interestingly, which is tied into a lot of fictional purposes. But it was, um, I would literally manifest him in the phone booth. I would, I would go, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. Like, I would just keep staring at it. And then as it got closer, it was him. And it would just, I, I did it so That's many amazing. times. And I've done that with phone calls. I've done that with, you know, just somebody that you're really thinking of mm -hmm. and you want to mm -hmm. make contact with. And I don't know if that comes into play at all with your mediumship, but um, probably totally different. Is there anything I like mean, that? Um, that you've I think I understand what you're what you're saying, in? but like if I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I do believe that when we send out thoughts of a person and they're not here or like there's an aspect of if you're connected to that person energetically which i think we're connected to everyone and energetically but mm -hmm. when we are invested in 
certain people more than others, we have a stronger river of connected energy mm. between them. So like, I do feel like it's likely possible that when we do intend to connect with someone that they are able to pick up on that, whether it's in more subtle areas like the dream space or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. Cause I, yeah, and it, it does come with dreams. You can mm -hmm. sometimes will yourself to dream mm -hmm. about something. I guess that's lucid dreaming. Um, Hmm. Well, I also, I, before we're, we move on from manifestation, I also just wanted to um, explain or, um, re I don't know, reiterate is the right word, but that, you know, I do believe manifestation can also be a very intentional practice. You know, I, I guess what I'm saying, like, I was going to say, is it similar to cast, mm -hmm. spell casting, oh, setting an intention? That's exactly what it is. Um, and you know, you can do it um, naturally or you can do it intentionally. Like, you know, I always knew that, <laughs> I mean, I say this, this is silly, but, you know, like I always trusted that I was going to find the person in my life who spoke to me as richly as, exactly. as Dylan does. That's and a I, great and example. I, and I knew it. I just knew it. And I didn't doubt it. And, you know, it happened. It was, you know, I was 32 when I found the love mm -hmm. of my life. Oh, yeah. You you did talk about this. I can't remember where or if we yeah. used it or are going to use it. But so I'm glad you brought it back up because you can absolutely. I, I, I mean, that I, with my I truly too. believe I, that I believe like the two things it. I manifested um, in my life simply because I trusted that it was possible and never wavered is that I could become a professional bluegrass musician. I could play on the planet bluegrass stage, you know, as a professional bluegrass musician. And because I believed it would be possible. And exactly. where you live. Yeah. And, you know, those are the two big things mm -hmm. I knew I was going to have. I knew I was going to um, meet the, the, the person of my dreams because I believed it. So those are my big manifestation stories. Well, and also maybe I, sobriety, and I guess. It's just interesting. The, euf the, euphem the euphemism, such as person of my dreams, <laughs> It, it's You're weird right. when you think about like all this content mm -hmm. that we're talking about like these phrases have to do with other states of consciousness and sort of that um the psychic conversation that we want <laughs> yes, to normalize yes. but if we realize the language surrounding them it's oh really yeah i can't wait to you know? see what dream research you know uncovers in the next 10 years or so you know because i really there's just no question mm -hmm. in my mind it's it, in fact, it could very well be the place we go when we die, in, in, as far as I'm concerned, the dream space, honestly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And how much, no, and how much awareness sense. we're able to um, uh, accomplish in our dreams, like while we're alive, I really do feel will correlate to how present we'll be able to remain in our idea of reality once we die. <laughs> like I really do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow. You, yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're bringing up consciousness and states of consciousness and what happens when we die and dream uh, in the magician episode, because I'm so glad you reminded me of this. Um, I want to, uh, or I did some searching for uh, a clip that I saw in a documentary when I first started my thanatology mm -hmm. program and the, it, it turns out, I had to go searching, like I said, um, the 
The documentary is no longer in circulation due to uh, some copyright issues. So it's called Consider the Conversation, a documentary on a taboo subject. Mm. It is about crossing over. So there's a lot of um, conversations that happen in a hospice. Um, there's one with Doug Smith, a, a, who has a death dying grief specialist certification through the University of Wisconsin at hmm. Madison. So he's actually in it and um, death expert. Um, he relays an experience he had with um, someone on his deathbed. He was there with his wife and he was very old, you know, like a what what is the word centigenarian? What's I the, don't know. Hundred years old. Cent- term? Centurion? Like centigenarian. Centurion. I don't know. Anyway, my point is, this guy was quite old when he was on his deathbed, and his wife was with him. He was a magician, like in the turn of the century, in the you know the twentieth century. Wow. So that was like his life's work. He loved being a magician and um, the wife stepped out to go get some food or something. And so this Mr. Smith, I guess, Dr. Smith um, talks about when that happened, he said, are you okay? Do you need anything to the gentleman? And he came close to him and he said, he kind of grabbed hold of my arm and pulled me towards him. And he looked into my eyes and he said, do you want to see something? He did his final disappearing act. He died in front of wow. Doug Smith. Wow. And <laughs> do you want to see something? I, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I it, it And then he was upset. He was worried that the wife was going to be upset. And she was just ecstatic. She was like, oh, that is know him he loved his magic he loved his I love that I'm getting chills I have I have a clip and hopefully this works and we'll we'll share it here it is one of my favorite stories um, and this happened to me a long time ago it's in 1972 uh, it it involved a, a, a gentleman an old gentleman uh he had at one time been a vaudeville magician and uh, his name was Jack and he was dying in a hospital. His wife, Leona, came to me quite distraught because she had just been told that Jack had 24 hours or less. And what was additionally distressing was he was hallucinating didn't recognize Leona, and Leona wanted to have some quality time. She asked if I might go visit him, but she forewarned me to expect almost anything because of those hallucinations. And I went to the hospital, walked into Jack's room. He was propped up in the bed with some pillows. And as soon as I entered the room, he addressed me by name. And he said, Doug, We have been waiting for you. And as 
course, I could see there wasn't any we in the room, but I decided to go along with Jack, whatever he was experiencing. And then he said, Doug, we're going to initiate you into the International Brotherhood of Magicians. And then after he said that, he, he went through this series of nonsensical words, and I was, I was, ah, kind of reminded of a sort of a magical incantation. He ended that chain of words. He said, Doug, come closer. I walked up to the side of his bed. He said, closer, Doug. You must be closer. And I leaned over. And he said, I'm going to teach you a trick. And this is the greatest trick of all. But you must be closer. I was already this far apart for Jack, and I was uncomfortable at that distance, but I leaned in a little further. We were almost nose to nose. And he had that look that sometimes people could have as if they're looking through your eyes, and he was looking through my eyes until he knew he had my undivided attention. And then he whispered, he said, Doug, watch me disappear. And Jack died. And I get shivers just recalling that moment, even though it was so many years ago, but the importance of that moment for me was what if I had on initially entering the room, challenge Jack. Jack, there's no we here. You need to talk sense. Or if I would have said, uh, Jack, this is not a time for magic. You're dying, and we need to talk about that. If I would have done either of those things, I would have ruined something that was obviously very meaningful for Jack. I cannot imagine a better death for a magician <laughs> than the death that Jack chose to die, but it was his unique death. Uh, his unique way of communicating, being on stage and communicating to me that both life and death is kind of a magic. It, it is magical. Uh, both of them are very magical. And he was doing it in a way that I will, will not, cannot forget. And I just stood there uh, trying to absorb the event and then a, a worry started to crop up and uh, the worry was, you know, how's Leona going to feel that she wasn't here for this? So I went back to Leona with a fair amount of fear and I told her what happened and Leona's response was, oh Doug, I'm so glad he did that with you. I know his tricks way ahead of time. It wouldn't work with me. <laughs> And she said, I know he would have wanted to die in such a way. And everybody kind of, it, it's their moment. It's their moment on stage uh, to communicate their unique way of going. Um, and it can sometimes be something elaborate like this magic trick. It can sometimes be just looking directly into the eyes of the person I love the most or holding the hand, um, or just smiling.
just it's so beautiful it's so beautiful dying with intention um and that was part of what appealed to me so much about um the thanatology program and the learning that i did so wow so i'm wondering i mean you did such a great job at explaining all of the ways the magician may show up in our everyday lives you know as hairdressers as cooks as mothers trying to find you know something manage resources right right i mean there's just so many ways educators and so i'm just been you know i'm so interested to hear how anyone else um, listening sees this magician um in themselves as they walk through their lives you know because that's really i mean that's really what these this whole um, yeah. That's what the cards are really supposed to do for us is is show us our the many potentials of what our journey could look like and all of the parts that belong in, or that are inside of us instinct or innately or just by being here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the byproduct. Yeah, as you said. <laughs> or as we decided. Uh-huh. And I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know how much a part of me the magician is. Mm -hmm. And it was very empowering to kind of think on it and reflect on it. That's so I'm not a big meditator, but I dreamed on it or whatever. I had, I had uh, messages probably through the blue Jays. (laughs) That is so great. I I love that you shared that because I think I came into my magician. Yes. I mean, I think it's just another way to explain what these cards could mean for us in our day-to-day lives. You know, like, oh yeah, it really can empower us to know that, wait, there's, I have an archetype inside of me, you know, that has the yeah, power to create yeah, you things. Know, um, I, yeah, that's, that's, we've never really touched on that, but that's really all archetypes are. Mm-hmm. They're like the different personas that exist the energies out there in the universe. And so the major arcana try to encapsulate that. And, and then the minor arcana, the suits are the more kind of mundane everyday activities that we have more control over. Mm -hmm. The archetypes are like these big forces or these big personas that they can, they can be guides in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with with that, um, next episode, we move on to the archetype of the high priestess. And oh, yeah. She oh, yeah. Brings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my Stevie Nicks, baby. Yeah, you have a oh. tattoo of her <laughs> She's as high the high priestess archetype. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for joining us for another conversation. And uh, till next time.